When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A History of Scotland, 2008, The Last of the Three. Scotland, the country where I was born and still live. I spent years in our colleges unearthing all sorts of treasures from the past. For me, it's an ancient and magical place. I always find the beauty of this country overwhelming, even humbling. I often thought that Scotland, that Scotland's popular history is a bit like, a bit like that landscape, always changing, possibly romantic, often hidden by mist and low cloud. Above all, packed with legends and heroic characters, but that is not history; it's mythology, and it's cursed Scotland's past and present. How we think about the past shapes our views of today. So I want to look beyond the legends to find the real story of Scotland. Every bit of it is thrilling. First episode is about the birth of Scotland. Birth was far from inevitable. For many centuries the mountains and locks behind me were homes for patchwork, desperate peoples, dispersed peoples and tongues. It was a land invaded again and again. So how was it that loose collection of tribes living in the northern third of Britain came together and built a kingdom with its own distinct culture and identity? A kingdom that would change the shape of destiny of Britain forever. So where to begin? First people of Scotland described in a written record of tribes of Condonians. Two thousand years ago they joined forces to defend their homeland from a Roman invasion. Their shadow a great glen, they faced the Roman army, the Candonians first saw it, from their rank outstrode the earliest named character of Scottish history, Caligus the Swordsman. He is the first to speak for us from the past. Caligus was a chosen one. He was a warrior whom the Caligari tribes of Northern Britain hoped would lead them to victory, defiant, proud and bold. He struck the first blow against, blow against the Roman territory. Generally, he made a speech where he had a choicest flower, Britain's manhood, were hidden away in the most secret places. Outside, we were kept and defiled eternally. We are the most distant dwellers upon earth, and at last the free. They had just one problem. They are not his words. They were put in his mouth by Roman historian Tacturius, writing twenty years later. He is someone like Cacullus. He resisted. He was have spoken language similar to Welsh, and certainly not the legend Latin phrases of Roman. This is where the mythologizing of Scotland history starts. Be warned against everything recorded 
in those early times is seen for the eyes of others. Tecris was had a ginger, had an agenda. Colonel Jacola is free Roman legions and marched to North Britain in the late summer of AD forty eighty four. But appears brave and heroic as possible, it's important to give him the formidable foe, which Tertullius did duly did. At the battle site in Grampton Mountains, he described a Roman cantor, Candelian Horse, their fierce leader, Cracovius, the fighting began, exchanges of missiles, the Britons showed both steadiness and skill in parrying our seals, spears, the huge swords that captured them in their little shields, while they themselves were bringing volleys on us. He called the battle Morimus Capius, though beyond his account, there's no record of it ever taking place. But I think there was a battle in the Scottish Highlands, because of one telling, Dido and Tecris didn't could have vented. Agola was given a triumph back in Rome, the bombastic welcome for victorious generals. But one thing we know is certain, the Candelians lost. The next day an awful silence reigned on every hand, the hills were deserted, houses smoking in the distance, and scouts did not meet a soul. Most of the Candelians, including Cacalus, survived, escaped to trackless mountains. The Romans failed to tame the exclusive forests of North Britain. Frustrated by their hit and run tactics, Roman legions withdrew to the south. By the next century, Hadrian's Wall, built from coast to coast, had become the line in the sand. To the south lay Romanized Britain, roads, towns, villages. To the north, a myriad of tribes like the Candonians. The whole hall wasn't just a simple stone boundary, so I did a geological frontier to the end of the world. It drew the line where civilization ended, barbarism began. Not that the Cadonians were interested in the so called benefits of Roman rule. To them, it represented itinerary. They had their own civilization. For over three years, the Cadonians kept their independence secure and the Romans at bay. Then in AD 409, as the empire collapsed, they helped expel them from British shores together. Altogether, Romans left behind crumbling ruins, a new name for the Cadonians, as Picai. We know them better as the Picts. The word means painted ones to those, to those who were the last of peoples of Britain to cover their bodies with tattoos. The term started a nickname. They came to mean much more powerful Northern people symbolized with pride. The Picts tattooed themselves with the same designs and symbols used in their drawing stones, artistic skills that showed them to be no wild barbarians. More of early Pictish culture come from the peaty waters of Loch Tay, where four metres down the Narcosis came across remains of an ancient stronghold, fragments of thatched roof and stumps. There's stilts of Roman building that once stood above the water, a dwelling in which people loved and lived and fought. By reconstructing the Gokorok, as it's called archaeologists realise just how skilled a well-organised Pickish society just had, must have been. Neil, how did they build one of these, Norman? They learned from scratch, because obviously we haven't got a tradition of building like this, handed down to us from generation to generation. So you've got to line up your supplies, you've got to know how to cut down the trees, you've got to know how to get them in the right place, and you've got to have the right wear and power and skilled labour force, workforce. 
The people built cocoanuts like they, they, these were affluent. They enjoyed a great diet, probably communicate probably communicating traded daily further for food. Some of the little objects we found did not come from here, just as jet such a jet was commonly found in Whitby, near West England. One of the theories is that the big house, this house that could stain maybe a family twenty, or even up to forty people. So maybe it was where times it were with time of troubles. Any other people supporting the community were living on the shore and less secure housing would all come in secure in what was effectively is a water castle. Neil Cragnox had been found all over Scotland, many for the Piggish period. Their civilization had put down roots. But then, centuries later, the Picts became the subject of the most intriguing mysteries of Dark Age Europe. They seemed to disappear from history forever. In this vanishing act was given the Picts of Laura and Romance. They come allegedly almost alien people, inhabiting a lumber world, part historical and partly mythological. mythological. But like any good mystery story, there's a twist. The Picts seemed to disappear at that moment when the Kingdom of Scotland balls. Understand why the Picts vanish will give us an answer to how Scotland was created. Back in the 5th century, this is what Scotland looked like, a patchwork of desperate ethnic groups, Picts dominated the north and the east, well-speaking tribes called the Brit. Britons lived along the River Clyde and, and the south. The west, new people arrived, the Gaels. They were seafarers, originally from Ireland, who stained and carved out their, their own territory. Gauls were the only are the other key people in the birth of Scotland. The turbulent relationship between them and the Picts, sometimes allied, allied but more often at war, to the backbone was a, from, from the backbone of Osaka. Right at the heart of the Gaelic kingdom was the spectacular thought, ill thought of Blenheim, rising up out of the great flatness of Melanomora, which means a big bulk. Brooding, menacing, Dunrad providing the perfect site defending against attacks from the sea. This is an entrance to the fort. And once upon a time, this place was defended by walls ten meters thick. It, was just, it wasn't just one wall, it was a ring of four, protecting the tiers of the fort up to the stone citadel at the top. Though the Gauls were at war, or were warlike as the Picts, there was a clear differences. They had a separate culture, spoke a different language. And something even more striking, Gaelic art, distinctive and delicate beauty of all its own. A Dunanet curvicles of melting gold had been unearthed along with moulds of carved brooches. A bunch of such fine jewelry remained just one thing. Dunanet was home to the kingdom's elite. The Gaelic kingdom was run from here, and the kings were integrated in, in that place, this place of ceremony. They literally married them to the land they ruled. When the crowds gathered below, the king would appear and silhouette against the sky. And then, by pointing the moment, he would place one foot on his rock, cut footprint, demonstrating to his subjects that his land was both his, was both his servant and his master. At the end of the sixth century. 
vibration is unlike any that has gone before. Although the pits continue to worship pagan gods, ghouls are turned into Christianity, spiritual invasion driving a wedge between them. A monk ordained the key, Columbia. Columbia, son of Irish chieftain, had travelled from the island ten years earlier. With the support of Gaelic leaders, Columbia was gifted a small but very beautiful island west of Dunland. It was called Lona. There, here, Columbia, Columbia was, the found, was found a monastery. St. Columbia is widely credited the first ministry, ministry to bring Christianity to Scotland, and from here is the new base of Lola. He is supposed to have converted all the people of this island, the land, beyond to the new religion. Though, and was it really that simple? What do we know about Columbia? It came down to us from the letter Abaddon then wrote his autobiography entitled the life of St. Columbia about a hundred years after his subject died. His book is more fairy tale than history, and it has to be taken with a little pinch of salt. Women sing the girls of Christian long before Columbia arrived. They had a hard graft that was done. And the hard graft has been done by numerous missionaries who travelled from Ireland and the Roman Empire. They remained unheralded and largely anonymous. But Columbia's ministry on Lola was just a collection of timber huts, soon become one of the most important Christian beacons the whole of Dark Age Europe. Men's stability that he brought to the region, in fact Christianity began to spread quite quickly through Scotland, I think was testimony to the fact he was friend he had friends in high places. He had also conveyed to the king and to other Dutch not just his new religion was important, but a beliefs of it was worth having, and beliefs benefits of writing, his new technology, the benefits of scholarship, and if the king embraced him this there was something in it for him. We think the pure ability to write would have been magic that would have been essential to what they were able to do. Well, it might have attracted your chief pantry. Yes, okay, there's still this guy going to talk to you about new religion. But if you write got writing, if you preach and articulate in a more permanent way, what you said and what you agreed, you've got the basis of a legal system. You've got the basis of a treaties, for neighbouring clans or kingdoms. You've got to clarify, clarity, their faults and what about they want, what you want. Again, it's about power thing. If you say something, here it's in writing. I don't think it's quite as simple as simply saying it's going to peak on a penal, penal journey. There's something in it for Columbia, but also for people there's parts of the world. Sounds like a self opportunist in a way. I think it was. I still think it. I think it was. Far from being an isolated island on the fringe of Europe, Lona lay as its spiritual heart. A zenith of monks of Lona created the books of Kells. Workmanship was exquisite. Over 10,000 tiny red dots Around a single capital letter, the days came from halfway around the world. A blue elephant levelly from Afghanistan, the yellow ornament from the Mediterranean. Once century scholar praised the artistry, the Book of Kells. He wrote the might. You might believe it was the work of an angel rather than a human being. Not everyone was impressed by the word of God. While Gauls had embraced Christianity before Columbia, the Pickish neighbours. They remained resolutely pagan. They had their faith in Druids rather than their monks. 
lied in all, all tradition, by the written word, cue the most famous of Admiral Terry's, the Countess of Columbia's accurate journey, heart of darkness to convert, the picture, picture of the tourists for headhunting. Columbia must have known he was risking his, and deterred he made the fairest journey, the great lane of Loch Ness, to meet one of the Pickish kings, and had known notes of Columbia, needed and interrogated us even to speak to them. A battle of supernatural wheels followed. On one side, Columbia's powerful voice said to sound like a thunder, but the opposite is Druid, a Pickish king. It proved to be an uneven contest. Columbia brought the Druid close to death. And then, in a true Christian fashion, relented. Adam tells that the Druid lived. Well, he doesn't make this visit, but the pick stubbornly clung to the Druid pagan beliefs. It would take many decades and many ministry, ministers, ministry, missionaries before the Picts would begin to accept Christianity. A progressive conversion can be read in their stones, some of the best Pickish carvings taken to, to research building in Edinburgh. The year they've been preserved and studied using latest technology. Individual marks in a stone can be isolated, telling more and more about how they were carved, the technique and tools used. The symbols of one stone are particularly fascinating. What will they reveal about the chant of changing belief? Man, but you can see how the stone carver taking a tremendous care for not just an accurate modelling of the animals, but the way they're coming out as a shout release as well. He's done this by working away stones reduced in the background to bring the figure out the front. Front, but just like, but look at his hind here, the fawn interwoven through the legs. He didn't have to do that. He made it very difficult for himself in doing that. It gives a little bit of perspective. This is something that was very skilled. Something they were very skilled at doing. They obviously took great pleasure at doing it. And what about the other side then? Well, this is it. This is Neil the Carver. You can find his words of secular. He was also demonstrated love for God. Peter, this is really to my mind. This is the front. The cross representing the embodiment of Christ promises salvation, the key central message of Christianity being broadcast. So we have this wonderful interlaced decoration fitting the body of the cross. How unusual was it to get a stone and everything in one package? You know, those classic Pickish symbols, the hunting scenes and all the rest on the cross. Peter, by this period, we're getting into the late Pickish period. We may be three or four generations of large-scale conversion of Christianity by this time. Christianity was reasonably well embodied, so we see this quite happy combination of, yes, pure central message of Christianity, the cross coupled with everyday scenes, animal scenes, and the image of people and symbols as well, of course. Christianity was a one invader that not only succeeded, but outstayed all the others. Celtic religion now spanned Northern Britain and acted as glue, bringing together disparate peoples under the umbrella of the Christian religion. St. Columbia biographer Adaman spotted an opportunity, succeeded winnings agreement for over 50 kings from Pickland to Ireland for an ambitious new law called the Law of the Innocence. It was a convention of the Dark Ages, protecting women, children and monks in war times of war. Women may not be killed by man in any way, either by slaughter nor any other death, nor by poison, nor in water, nor in fire, nor by any beast, nor in a pit, nor by dogs. 
nor but shall die their own lawful be- own lawful bed. Life remained pretty nasty, brutish, and short by any man's rules of warfare. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Civilizing influence of Christianity. The first sight depicts of race, red and laws within their society. Pickett strives for the all. Simplicated culture, powerful trade links of bread, bread basket or a bread basket in northern Britain. They refer to a low lying homeland, fighting to their harvests, more fighting men, most attracted attention to others. By this time, Angles dominated the middle of Britain. They were dramatic people who were carved out a powerful kingdom between the Humber and the Fulk rivers, but now the Anglers decided to push north. Rather than confront them immediately, the Pickish army drew Angles further and further for totality. Two forces clashed and done Neptune along the river Spey. The battle commemorated here on the Pickish stone is the sort of Bedford's tapestry. The fight was between bare-headed, long-headed Pickish warriors and Angles, wearing distinctive metal helmets with one-sided encounter. Ranks of Pickish spearmen drove the angles to lock the slaughter them. One already shows a raven pecking at a dead face of fallen in- prince of angles. Defeat this new enemy from the south, the Pickish tribes were forced to unite under the leadership of one king, the Confederation. Also had a new name, Pickland. By pinpointing the location of all Pickish stones, possible to map out the territory of this new king- young kingdom, the Picts successfully driven the angles back south. One by one, they defeated their own their other neighbours. In the west, both the Britons and the girls were overwhelmed. Though they retained their identity, they were forced to pay homage to the Pickish king. In the middle of the 8th century, Pickland was the dominant kingdom, kingdom of the northern British Britain. Became, it seemed invincible. The next wave of aggressors was the legend part, part. Warriors, no time, Christian niceties. They worshipped the gods of the war. Olden and Thor, with a tend among them modern historians, and portrayed this Vikings of Mist and Sir Bunch, instead of bloodthirsty kingers, thinking graceful traders and farmers all in such a new land as colonists. I don't think so. None, not all of them. Certainly not all of the time. 
Get the bridge survivors voting attacks. Only chronicle. These guys were, were also uh, after treacherous slaves. Pagans came from neighbor forces to Britain and spread on all sides like direwolves, torn and slaughtered. Not only beasts of burden, sheep and oxen, but even priests and deacons, and companies of monks and nuns. That scripture's contemporary attack, a Viking attack on a monastery in England. The Vikings weren't choosing. They went, they went, they went wherever the treasure was. Although the monastery, uh, here and I alone, was looted on three separate counts, it was Northern Ireland that bore the brunt. There was a treasure trove of A.D. 100. Andrew tells its own story. Three little pickish bowls of brooches were found on the floor of the medieval church at St. Edith's Isle, Shetland. Archaeologists believe most probably buried in silver, haste to hide from Viking raid. Moreover, they no one turned to relieve them, so a very clue what befell the monks. Vikings shipped their captives back to Scandinavia, then to Constantinople, the slaves were exchanged for silver. As Vikings tightened the fewest smashing grab raids, they were came to stay to colonize parts of Ireland, Northumbria, and further north the Herberies, Herberies and territories Gauls, and Oakland and Shetland. Bleeding stomachs of pickish men, the Catholic cleansing, ninth century style. Many of Shetland's inhabitants are proud descendants of the Vikings. Annual burnt burning ritual pulled up heavy as they still celebrate their bloody heritage. This is what people living in Scotland today like to imagine the Vikings in Iceland look like. Fire ruling pagan barbarians. If you believe the words of the pagan sagas, it's clear to see they got that impression. But take away the air celebration of pagan tree and we consider the horror of waking up one morning and watching this holding horde unload itself from their dragon Headed long ships and the beach below your yard, your little stone cottage. This is what the end of the world looks like. This is the end of everything you've never known. How dear! There's a course. Somebody else can find a way to stop it. It rise. Kenneth McAppelin. He won Scotland's history's greatest hero, the champion who in AD eight forty opposed to the driven off the Vikings. The brave war leader appears to come from nowhere, stepping into power vacuum, praising the resisting world line, massacred by the Vikings. So it is that Kenneth McCrampin unifies Scotland, as famous as crown as a first king. If only history was that simple. The idea that Kenneth McCrampin was first king in Scotland is a myth. The sixteenth century certainly one. I remember here in school, a wee boy, but historical records tell a different story. At the time of Keith and Alpen, Scotland did not exist. It remains five separate peoples. The Angles, the Vikings, the Gauls, the Brits, and the Picts. But each retained their own distinctive culture. It's not, what is more, records tell us, the Keith and Alpen, his immediate successors, both as kings of Pitman, not Scotland. It had built until 40 years before Keith died. We found them over first meant to the kings of Scotland. So how did we get from the Pictland to Scotland? There's one document that reveals a secret. One of the most precious manuscripts of Scottish history, the only contemporary Scottish chronicle that covers the period. Historians feel much as the document can be trusted because it's, it can be cross-referenced with chronicles from other kingdoms. I expect to find it in archives of Scotland, but it's wrong. Why in the manuscript here in France? Paris speaks French. 
Archivist Madame Lafitte, Toby and French Cortez, brought a collection of important historical pieces back to London, 17th century. It is widely known that the manuscript is here. Speaks in French, translator. It is not that very well known. Only people came and searched this matter topic. Swiftly come, she said, and you've been on side. Put a slice so people can look at it. I see. Well, there's one of the chances they're going to Scotland, Madame Lafitte. Oh, absolutely no. Chronicle is basically a list. A list of 12th century, of 12 kings of the house of Baphomet, the 9th to the 11th centuries. It's a complex document because it's been compiled and copied, added over the years by several unknown hands. It's important because it covers a moment transition of 10 or so years from 1878 to 1989, when all references to Pickman disappeared and the Kingdom of Scotland appeared. This is Scotland for the first decade. Look at those two names, Alid and Sinclair or Gorick. These characters are going to be key formation of Scotland. And was Kenneth MacGurran's younger son. Alan was Keith MacGurran's younger son, inherited kingdom and crisis. All the part of their type became king, the Vikings conquered Pitman. For two years they took cattle and slaves and tribute. Anglo Angrid did not little to stop them. There was no more booty to be had. Vikings moved on, added kings lay in ruins. The writer Paris Chronicle described his short reign as bequeathing nothing memorable into history, a damning indictment indeed. But no surprising, his own followers took action. This is where Gallic came into the story. Gallic was one of a number of Gallic referees, refugees who fled from the Vikings and headed east to Pitland. They climbed his way up to Intervalor's favour. Garrick was not a royal stock, but he lacked in blue blood, made up for ambition. Events came to a head, a sacred land site Perthshire, in the year of 1878, and enslaved by his own henchmen. All the evidence points to Garrick as the killer. Garrick was on the mate, his goal to take over the Turkish kingdom. Is it that meant taking out the use of Arid, then it had to be so be, so be, be it. Gallic investigated, investigated a regime change. He rid the court of his Pickish rivals and placed them with his own men. He took control of the Pickish church by appointing Gaelic bishop from it. This was a coup. Gallic's goal was turning the kingdom of Picts into the Gaelic kingdom. To reinforce his political takeover, he ordered his Gaelic followers to Pickish for land, but Gaelic position was far from secure. Only enlightened and minimated on it. The two legitimate heads, Alice's six-year-old Constantine, teenage cousin Donald, still lived. Gaelic news his kingdom was unsafe, but two young boys remained potential rivals. But Constantine and Donald were far beyond the reach of Gaelic. But protectors were escorted from safety, escorted them safely to Fort Alex in the northwest island. When it seems strange to send two Pickish princes to a country like Ireland, especially even Gaelic, Gaelic, Gaelic. Connections. They met a warm welcome, Eric, from their aunt. She is married to a powerful Irish king. For her, it's a matter of not politics, but the king. He grew up in a royal household. His Gaelic court that became steeped in culture and language. It was educated nearby monasteries and tended the Gaelic church. Too young to challenge the Gaelic, too young to be king of the Picts. The challenges take place in their homeland must have felt like a world away in the foot to the cousins. As each year passed and adult approached, 
moment of revenge for the murder of Constantine's father, aged over closer. The year 889, after a decade in exile, two cousins of Pony Omna, Tenskalik, gone on across the main sail homeward. Revenge was in their hearts. To win back their kingdom, they knew they had to suppose they were a usurper. Gaelic, seen it coming, so had his proposals. He fled his stronghold here at Dunburn in Persia. In that day, it was the most mighty hillfort with huge fortifications. But not enough to turn his cousin. The chronicle tells its tales of eclipse, the omen of times. Typically, the historical records are vague about what happened next. The chronicle reveals in Dunburn a outright man taken by death. Archaeological evidence suggests a more violent end for Gaelic. Burnt timbers and stone arrowheads are found here at Dunburn. Tempting to imagine Garrick died here at that moment, killed by Donald and Constantine. If the kingdom was a crossroads, it could have gone either way, Gaelic, Pickish or Gaelic, culture, language and church. Everything was stake the Picts must have expected Donald and Constantine to reverse the Gaelic takeover of the Gaelic rules. Lasted just ten years. Why not always a change? Donald Constantine left to pick his boys, the return of Gaelic princes. Now Donald Constantine viewed the Holland with different eyes. The Chronicle Kings shows us the way the wind was blowing. This word is Amberman. Gaelic word meaning Scotland. Brand new name for the kingdom. Word and immense significance. With this one word, right here, Scotland's created. This is Scotland's birth certificate. This critical transformation moment is backed up by a chronicle from Ireland. The year 900, an entry recording Donald's death, is the King of Albion. The first king ever to be described as such. He followed by Constantine, also described as Scottish king. Scotland became the Gaelic kingdom. One of the few generations, the very next two generations, the British way of life, the way they practiced the religion, the stone carvings, even their language fell out of favour. Gaelic was a new language of power. There's no sudden genocide, but cultural takeover was just an important event. In 1906, Gaelic today arrived in Scotland, near Perth, as an important new ceremony. Scotland is Gaelic word for what happened here, the former basis of all future coronations. Blessed by the Gaelic bishop, Constantine, seven block of stone, no doubt harked back to the footprint ceremony of Jared from long before. Better known as Stone of Destiny. For centuries afterwards, right up to the current the present day, been used in the congregation of monarchs. Now the original is on display in Edinburgh Castle. Just a simple block of sandstone stone. It's even yet it's been brought over brought over mythologically and romanticized. It'll crop up and grown again and again in Scotland's history story. Although Constantine has now appeared whole sway over most of the North Britain, young King's survival was touch and go from the onset. Foremost of Scotland was forming another power block to the south, came to age. Almost exactly the same time, the kingdom was proved to Scotland's most resistant foe of all, Angerland, was ruled by Anglo-Saxons called Angersons. He had driven the Vikings of Northumbria by incorporating his territory and secured a new northern boundary. About England, or England, become known, but not enough I understand. Admirer of the Romans, he aspired to rule the whole of Britain. So I had to carry on where the Romans left off in March North. I can carry us nearly 900 years before, because they faced a stark choice. Tackle Einstein in battle, take risk, arbitration, or surrender the kingship of Scotland. Neither overcome was acceptable. Constantine came up with a third option. 
This is the answer got wrought for Dame Nora. She had consigned his war band with Helmin. Ransom couldn't capture the stronghold itself. So in Constantine came to terms. Constantine kept his status as King of Scotland, where Dame would be his overlord. Agreeing to this, Constantine saved Scotland his own neck. The young aspiring leader at his court he sold out. So the next time he saying commanded him to submit, he refused to obey. Sometimes was a constant style, particularly when both he young king of Scots came so far. What he did next would be have been unthinkable a few decades previously. He made peace with the pagan Vikings, partly motivated by a sense of united we stand abiding with before. More importantly, the Viking king lost territory to Danistan. He wanted them back. Together they forged a northern alliance in nineteen nine thirty seven the Constantin headed south as a decisive confrontation confrontation. The state was a very future of the island Britain. On one side of answer for saying Anglo Second Saxon rule of all England, and the other Northern Alliance, the King of Brits and the King of Vikings were across the Irish Sea, and the King of Scotland Constantine. Many armies of tens of thousand warriors clashed on a site known as Bumburn, where the emerging estuary enters the scene. For decades afterwards, simply to call the Great Battle. This is the mother of all Dark Age bloodbaths, and defying the shape of Britain to the modern, to the modern era. Anglo-Saxon account of the battle reads, a clove of shell wells, hewed a wall, laden with hammered blades, the foe fell back, the folk of Scots with ship fleet, felt doom, death doomed, the field was slippery, the blood of warriors. West Saxons companies hewed the villages from behind, cordial swords, mill sharpened, fighting went off the dawn to dusk. When it was over, the field was littered with dead and dying, picked of my wolves and cold crows, Viking, Brit, Saxon, Brits, and Welshmen, Gauls from Ireland, Northumbrians, even Icelanders, amid the corpses of the men of Scotland, as constantly the oldest son, all slain to settle the battles of Britain. Oh, Anasane emerged victorious, and the resistance of the Nomalites had put an end to his dream of conquering the world of Britain. Constantly, meanwhile, escaped back to his homeland, the remains of his battled army, had been at this abandoned battle of Britain. One of the most important battles of the Battle of British History, comparable to Hastings. Yet today, few people have ever heard of it. 1937 doesn't quite have the ring of 1066. Yet Battleborough is about much more than just blood and conquest. The showdown between three, two different ethnic identities, a Norse Gaelic alliance versus Anglo Saxon. It aimed to settle once and all. Where Britain would be controlled by single imperial power, it remained several separate independent kingdoms, the split perceptions, which, like it or not, still with us today. As for King Constantine, next of the island, the young boy, the murdered of Gaelic, the Dundurnum, was crowned in his throne. Short significance to the English king, the Battle of Bengaberg, and the saving of Scotland. There was much for the Barrett of Scotland to reflect upon. King McBurnham founded the Scottish royal line as a mythic Pickish warlord. His grandson Constantine secured the kingdom, and during his long t- reign of 43 years, showed his survival. Scotland remains a testament to Constantine, political assertiveness rather than staying power, and remarkably, he relinquished his kingship. An age characterised by brutal murders and takeovers, he retired. Quite things, religion had always played an important part in life as king. Now Constantine sharing the name of the Roman Empire, who embraced Christianity, 
moved the central stage of St. Andrews to become the religious capital of the new kingdom. Came here in AD 943, and six years after the greatest battle of his life, he ended his days leading a humble, almost hermit-like existence, caved near St. Andrews as a holy man, committed, commented that we saw that pigs were being wiped out, and their language also took his choice that that being fable we found mentioned in old writings and the teaching was wrong. It all been all, we've seen it all along, so much these early years. Through the eyes of others, the picks weren't wiped out. Were the girls only fused together that was despised of arbitrary, we banded ourselves as Scots. Hopefully the King of Alba to come home to the rest of the people as their fully formed country. We will recognise that Scotland the story just begun. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.